Good morning, good evening, good day, whatever time you're listening. Thank you for listening to my podcast. My name is Joel Scott, and I pray that whatever's been taught today on this podcast will give you some insight, give you some information, and empower you to live an effective life. God bless you, and thank you for listening. Praise the Lord. God is good tonight. You know, I have to give God praise and thanks for this opportunity. I've been in his house and uh, also have the opportunity to share from his word. Indeed, it is a privilege to do so. Let's get straight away into the word of God. As Pastor said, my assignment for tonight is speaking on the death of the cross. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, uh, verses 44 to 49. I normally ask you to stand to read as I read, but I'm not going to do that tonight, please. I'm not going to do that tonight, so I'm just going to quickly read it. I'm reading from the New American Standard, Luke chapter 23, verses 44 to uh, 49. And it says this, And it was about the sixth hour, and darkness fell over the whole land, until the ninth hour, verse 45, because the sun was obscured, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice and said, Father, into your hand I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion, the centurion which saw what had happened, he began praising God, saying, Certainly this was an innocent man. And all the crowd who came together for this spectacle, when they observed what had happened, began to return beating their breasts. And all his acquaintance and the women who accompanied from Galilee were standing at a distance, seeing the things, these things. Amen. I praise the Lord again. As I said tonight, my, my theme tonight, the uh, topic tonight is the, is the death of the cross. You know, when Pastor called, called me and asked me to, um, to share and mention this topic, I, I remember clearly saying to him, I did not speak last year. And I went home, and I was, the, the following day, I'm taking my kids to school and having a conversation with my wife and talking um, with a, the assignment I have. And she said, you know, for the last two times you've spoken with Friday, that was the exact same topic you speak on. I said, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I went home, and I looked into my notes, and she was right. It's the exact same thing. So I, I, was, and I was tempted to call Pastor, and I said, you know what, I'm going to take the chance and try to come from it from a different perspective tonight. Amen. God is good. The death of the cross. I, I want to I uh, look at this text in probably a little different way tonight. You know, the, the cross is one of the most universal, or one is recognized anywhere in the world, I, can, I should say that. It is a central theme of Christ, the Christian message. But this, this cross... It was not something that was desired in the time of Jesus. It was one of the most cruel forms of, uh, um, of punishment. In fact, it was so terrible that the Roman Senate had forbidden it to be carried out to any Roman citizen. No Roman, Roman citizen could have been crucified. The Romans used this form of death to, in, to, to instill fear in the place they conquered. They, they normally they will crucify you on, on the road and they will have, have the cross with the, the bodies on it to put fear. Any uprising, they, will, they normally do this. 
but they could not have done it to any Roman citizen because of how, how terrible it was. But here today, we have the cross, and we, it's, it's so recognized and it's well known. Most people, a lot of people you see, you might have a, a chain with a cross in it. But without the death that occurred on the cross, the cross had no meaning to us. It's just a piece of wood. What happened on that day, the death on the cross, is that what gives this cross all this recognition. And, and when something important happens, it requires or it demands something from us. And as I, want, I want to kind of give this a subtitle. The death on the cross demands or requires a response. In this particular text that I, 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 I read here, and I was tempted to go up a little bit more, but because of time I tried to constrain to this text. We read about what, when Jesus was dying on the cross. And there's five particular responses that occur within this text that was responding to the death on the cross I would like to highlight tonight. Five responses from this text. All right. And I said once again, I'm talking about the, the death of the cross demand or require some type of response today. The first response that we notice here in this text is in verse 44. The scripture say, it says that darkness filled the entire land. Other verses in Matthew account or in Mark account, they talk about there was a violent earthquake and the grave opened up and so forth and the, 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 the source saints, of, uh, saints was walking on the, the land. What was happening here, and I said the first response, nature or the earth was responding to the death of his creator. Something was out of order. You can't, you, you can't say that this was a, some kind of eclipse that, that causes the place to go dark because the, during the season, it was co considered to be around the full moon time, which is impossible for there to be an eclipse. And it was from 12 at day to 3 in the afternoon. So something was out of order. And I believe nature was responding to the death of the creator. Not only nature was responding in such a way, but I believe nature was kind of responding because sin at that particular moment was being judged. It was reacting. Not only that, I believe that nature was sympathizing with the creator as he suffered and died at that particular moment. All the elements of nature reacted violently to this death, that even the dead walked the land because everything was out of order. Creation or the nature recognized everything was out of order. So we see in the text in verse 44, the first response to the death on the cross or the death of the cross was the reaction of the creation of, of nature. Nature reacted in a certain way. Everything was in, out, out of order or in balance because this was not normal. Never before nature witnessed the death of the creator. He who created nature now was dead. We not only see that the nature responded to, to, to this, to, 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 um, to, to, to the, the death on the cross, but this was kind of shown, the, the darkness also was shown a little bit earlier before. If you go back to Exodus, when God was about to, to pass a judgment on, in the Egyptian, there was darkness on the land. And the, the, God said to Moses, lift up your hands and your right, and he said, use a particular term, he said, darkness that can be felt. 
Look at that. You can look at that in text when you get home in Exodus chapter 10, verse 21. In the latter part, it says, darkness that can be felt that was over the land because he was about to bring about a judgment. And I believe the darkness that covered that, that at that time of Jesus was a kind of darkness can be felt. It was able to be felt because he was dying for our sin. In Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, I believe it's chapter... Can, chapter, I'll uh, forget it. I believe it's chapter 5, verse 21. It said, He became sinner, he took on sin for us. Not only that nature responded in this violent way, but the religious symbol of separation responded to the death on the cross. One of the biggest religious symbols of separation was a veil that separates the holies of holy. It was a symbol that we were separated. That you and I, that we could not have entered into this place. We were, we were, so to see, to be cast out and not have the, the privilege to enter in. But when the death occurred on the cross, the scripture said in verse 45, the veil of the temple was torn in two. And that was, it was the, the symbol of religious separation responded to the death on the cross. And now seeing because of this death on the cross, you and I can enter into the presence of God. Not with fear, not just the scapegoat. Well, as Paul said, the writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 said, We can enter into the most holy place by the blood of the Lamb with confidence or with boldness because the, the symbol of religious separation had to respond to the death of the cross. Also, the death of the cross demanded a response from him. In that same scripture, chapter 10, verse 20, says this, and by his death, Jesus opened a new and a living way behind the curtain to the most holy place because of the death of the cross. Hallelujah. The death of the cross also, because it opened its own way, it said that this was a once and, a, once and for all eternal transaction of, by, by the death of Jesus Christ. It's not, not going to be dying every day for you to get behind the, 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 the holy place. But it was a once and for all transi- um, transaction, an eternal transaction, giving us the, 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 the benefit to go behind the veil. Amen. The religious system have to respond yes. to the death of the cross. The law had to respond to the death of the cross. It demanded a response. And his response is by parting and said, now the men and women can come freely into the presence of the Lord. Are you there? Not only the nature and the religious system responded to the cross, but let's look at Jesus' response to the death on the cross. Jesus' response to the death of the cross is simply, he said, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. If this is a simply showing that as Paul so rightly highlighted in Philippians chapter 2 verse 8, he said he humbled himself. He didn't have to do it. It was of his own free will. He commit his spirit. No human being can, could have killed Jesus. He said, I lay my life down and I will pick it up. He voluntarily commit his spirit into the Father's hand. He voluntarily gave his life. He was saying his response to the cross. He said, the cross is not killing me, but I am voluntarily laying my life down. He not only humbled himself to the point of death, but he was obedient to the Father's plan. This was the Father's plan and his response to the cross said, I am being obedient to the plan of my Father. And what was this plan? God knew he needed, he needed to atone man or to cover man 
or he needed to accomplish certain things from Jesus dying on the cross. And quickly, where Jesus responds to the cross, why he humbled himself and submit himself and become obedient to the Father's plan, because he know what it will achieve. If there are several things it will achieve. First thing, it will be established the new covenant. In, in Mark chapter 14, verse 24, he said, this is the blood of the new covenant. You know the death on the cross will accomplish the new covenant. You know also that the death on the cross will bring redemption to mankind. You needed to bring redemption for mankind. In Revelation chapter 5, verse 9, it says, and they sang the new song saying, worthy is the lamb for you for you are worthy to take the brook and to break the seal. For you were slain for the purchase for God, for with God, by your blood. You purchased for God men with your blood from every tribe, every tongue, every people, and every nation. He redeemed mankind. There was redemption for mankind. Not only that, he was responding to the Father's plan because he know at the cross and the death of the cross bring forgiveness and cleansing of mankind conscience. He know that the death on the cross will cleanse our conscience. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14 said, How much more will the blood of Jesus Christ through the eternal spirit offer himself up without blemish to God? Cleanse your conscience from dead work to serve the living God. I'm here to tell you tonight, mankind conscience needs to be cleansed and the death on the cross achieve that. Are you there? He's able to cleanse your conscience. Not only he was there, the death on the cross was able to cleanse our conscience. That's where he responded that way. But to bring sanctification to mankind. He needed to sanctify mankind. He sanctified our spirit. Our spirit is saved. saved. He's been saved. Our soul is being sanctified and our body will be saved in the future. And believers, he know he needed to sanctify our soul daily. Not only save our spirit, but sanctify our soul daily by the blood. So he suffered outside the gate, based in Hebrews chapter 13. He suffered outside the gate to sanctify the people through his own blood. His death on the cross, why he submitted, he was responding because he know, because when he died on the cross, he will have victory over death, the hell and the grave, and over all the authority of the devil. The Bible said he nailed it to the cross, he nailed the Lord to the cross, and he disarmed principality and rulers and authority, based on Colossians 2.14. He know it death on the cross will accomplish these things. That's why he responded in such a way. Not only that Jesus responded there, but the Father's response was clear. The cross demanded the Father to respond. And the Father responded by giving the cross everything that he had. Jesus was everything. Everything that heaven had, God gave to the cross. The cross demanded a price. The sin demanded a price. And God responded to the demand by giving everything. Not only did God respond by giving everything to the to to the cross, but also he had to turn his back on Jesus. Colossians 2, sorry, Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5, verse 21. That's the scripture I was trying to quote earlier. It said, He took the sin, he that know no sin took the sin of us all. And because of sin, God justice or God holiness demanded he respond by turning his back on Jesus. At the moment on the cross, the Father had to re respond to the cross of Jesus dying on the cross by turning his back on Jesus because his holiness, his righteousness forbidden from looking on sin. And what also the cross demanded of the Father because Jesus died on the cross? It demand this from the Father. Or this, or I should say, accomplish this of the Father. It demands now or it accomplish the reconciliation of mankind to the Father. 
a demand or the response, the father responds now to the cross by saying, not because my son died on the cross, he submit to my plan. Now my response to the cross, I can be reconciled to mankind. We were separated from God because of our sin. And some of us are still separated from God because of our sin. But because of Jesus dying on the cross on Calvary, on that day, that sad that Good Friday, how many years ago? Jesus, now because of his death, the Father responds to the cross saying, Now I can reconcile myself to my creation that I love so much. Now the price has played, the atonement has been met by the cross, the death of the cross. Now I can reconcile this broken relationship. That was the Father's response to Jesus dying on the cross. Not only did the father, Jesus responded, the father responded, the religious symbol of separation responded, or the nature responded, but man responded on the cross. Man was forced to respond to the cross. Let's look at the, let's look at the response at the cross. There were several. Verse 35, I didn't read this in my text, but verse 35 to 39 talk about how the unbelievers mocked him. The religious leaders mocked him and they scoffed at him. And they say all kind of the degrading thing about him. Even one of the criminals respond to him with anger. Say, if you are God, save us and yourself. There, there was a lot of negative response. But believers, sometimes I want to say this to us. You will, we will say, when we hear the cross, the message of the cross, being preached and being teach, there's only two responses we can give to it, mankind can give. Is that a positive or a negative response. You cannot be in between. There's no in between. And just as this, this day when Jesus was being crucified, there were either there were negative response and there were positive response. And every time the cross is being preached, there's an opportunity for you to have a positive or a negative response. Let's look at some of the negative response of the, of the criminals and all these people, the, the religious leaders. They mocked him. They laughed at him. They, they said all kind of negative towards him. And these, were, and these were the negative response. Let's look at some of, of the positive response. I'm sorry, I should say the positive response. The centurion in my text in verse 47, he said, after he observed, I'm just paraphrasing this in verse 47, he observed what was going on. This, the, he said he acknowledged that this was not an ordinary man. Yes. He acknowledged, based on what he was witnessing on the cross, he, this was a man who was in charge of carrying out the execution. And based on what he was witnessing there, he realized something is different here. Yes. Something is different. And his response is in verse 4 is by praising God and said, Truly, this was an innocent man. Some scriptures say, So truly, this was a righteous man. Yes. That was his response. And every time the gospel is being preached, you have a chance to respond. And understand that this is not an ordinary person. Yeah. This is not an ordinary man. This was not just an ordinary death. And the centurion responded in a positive way. The sign all around him said that this is not an ordinary man. And every time the gospel is being pre- presented, the signs all around is saying that Jesus was not just an ordinary man. Amen. Hallelujah. Not only that, verse 48 was very important. Verse 48 says this. Not only that the, 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 the centurion responded in the past day, but look at this. The, the Bible said in verse 48, there was a crowd came because of the spectacle. They wanted to see him on display. He was on display. He was, a, he was, on, he was on display. And the scripture said, after the witness, everything that happened 
at the cross. They return by home or return to the, the place of beating their breasts. After the witnesses, this was their response. And this was what I call a continuous conviction. Because they left on the path. They didn't respond by accepting Jesus at the point. But as they were on the journey home, they were beating the chest. This is very important. You remember when Jesus talked about two men was praying. One looked up and he was praying with, all, with, with pride. But one man just bowed his head and beat his chest. And said, Lord, I'm unworthy. When they were beating the chest, they con- the conscious. These were the people who were shouting, crucify him. But after the witness, what happened? They returned home, beating the chest. Their conscience was speaking to them. And you see, when the cross fell, when you witness what happened on the cross, sometimes you might even be at the centurion and make a response instantly at the moment of the cross. But as you leave, what I call a continuous conviction, God's spirit begins to convict, and your conscience is speaking. The, the, every time they beat the chest, they say, look what happened to the cross. Look what happened on the cross. And every time you hear the gospel preached to you, and you're leaving your call, your home, and it's coming back to you, that is what I call a continuous conviction. And the cross demands that, that you respond to that conviction. They were beating the chest because God was convicting them. They saw the brutality on the cross. And you might say, you know what? I, I didn't do that, so I, I can't feel that conviction. But let me tell you, when Jesus died on the cross, he died for all sin, past present and future. Every sin that humankind will commit, he died for. So you and I are as much as guilty as the the people that were standing that day at that cross. So as they were beating the chest and God was convicting them, I pray to God, many of them repented because it was a deep sorrow. And when the word of God cut you deep, it will bring conviction to you. Hallelujah. Let me close. Not only did the, these people respond, and these were non-believers, but let, let, let look, let, let's quickly look at the believers' response. Those who were saved also responded to the cross. Those who were acquainted with him, who followed him. Verse 49 says, it's those who were acquainted with him or following him also with the women stand at a distance and they, they look or they observe what was going on. And I don't know if they understand if they clearly understand everything there. But as they look on the cross, this is just my, I, I, I believe here. I don't think they understand everything was going on because what they were seeing on display was a thing, was a sign of things to come in their own life. Because Jesus said clearly, he that will follow me or will be my disciple must deny himself, pick up his cross and follow me. And if all of us have a cross. The death on the cross demands our response as a believer, as a Christian. Every time we see this message, we read the message, it demands that we ourselves pick up, respond by picking up our cross and daily following Jesus. What is your cross? You might ask me. Your cross is anything that kills your flesh. Anything in your life that brings death to your flesh, that is the cross that Jesus has, has called for you to carry. And look, let's look at it. It was brutal. It was a terrible scene they were looking at. But if you ever think about it, the altar that they normally do the sacrifice, it wasn't a beautiful place. It was a place with dead flesh and blood. 
It wasn't a beautiful sight. And as they were looking at Jesus, it wasn't a beautiful sight. And they just, I, I, I'm just thinking, it's telling us also in our life, as we picked up our cross and our, as we begin to crucify our flesh and die on the cross daily, as Paul said, we, I crucify myself daily with him. As we begin to die, it's not going to be a pretty sight. Just as they were observing that Jesus on the cross was not a pretty sight, it's not going to be a pretty sight. It's going to be tough. It's going to be challenging as we picked up our cross and follow Jesus. But one thing as a scripture said when when the temple when we pass the altar we will get into the holy of holies and i believe the response for believers that were looking at the cross and every time we as believers hear the message of the cross we should respond to the death of the cross by picking up our own cross sacrificing denying ourselves and following after jesus this is the response that the, every believer that was witnessing that cross they had to take the message to the ends of the earth everything they witness at the cross and believers as you begin to pick up your cross everything you experience for that cross with your personal relationship with Jesus you have a responsibility to begin to take it to your job to your home and everywhere you go are you there the death of the cross demands a response from us I ask you tonight what is your response God bless you Hi friends, thank you once again for joining me today for this podcast. I hope that whatever was taught today was able to give you some information, encourage you to live an effective life and to be effective in everything you do. Thank you for joining me once more. Remember, everything we do is to the glory and honor of God through Jesus Christ. Feel free to subscribe, tell a friend about this podcast, and I hope that whatever you do today, you will be effective. This is Joe Scott. Once more, thank you for listening.